Today's podcast is brought to you by our very good friends at Practice Evolution Prime. Practice Evolution Prime was created to bridge the gap from school to success. You can be successful, you should be successful, and being successful takes work. You have to gain the skills and foundation to be the sought-after family chiropractor, and our goal is to create extraordinary family chiropractors. This program is not easy. It will challenge you. It will push you. We choose to only work with doctors and students who are teachable, principled, and willing to work hard to improve their skills, practice, and their lives. If you are interested in learning more about this program and to apply, or if you are a patient looking for a PEP Prime doctor, visit our website, pepprime.com. That's pepprime.com, or call the Practice Evolution Program at 801-281-1646. Hey everyone, and welcome to the KiddoCast for Chiropractic Families, the world's first and only podcast committed to normalizing complementary and alternative care, particularly chiropractic care for children by sharing the experiences of the doctors in the trenches. In our time together, we will talk with pillars in the alternative healthcare world to give you the tools you'll need to make positive change in the health of your children today. Simply put, we're here to change the trajectory of modern healthcare. I'm your host, Dr. Daniel Bronstein. I'm a pediatric and family chiropractor certified by the Academy Council of Chiropractic Pediatrics and the director of the Beacon Clinic of Chiropractic in beautiful Grover Beach, California. And guys, back by popular demand, today we have the hero, the myth, the legend, Dr. Stanton Hom. For those of you guys who did not uh, hear the inaugural podcast episode from last season, uh, Dr. Hom is a prenatal and pediatric chiropractor. He graduated the United States Military Academy at West Point and experienced a profound change in his life when he became a chiropractic patient as he got out of the military in 2005. He graduated from chiropractic school in 2010 after having mentored hundreds of students globally as president of the World Congress of Chiropractic Students. He since established one of the go-to practices for whole family chiropractic care in San Diego, California. Dr. Stan, what's up, dude? Good to see you. Dr. Dan, thank you so much. I love being here, man. Bro, so uh, a lot has happened since the last time uh, you and I talked on the podcast, man. Uh, why don't you give us a little update and let us know how things are going? You know what? Um... Yeah, that's 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 awesome, man. I think I think in the last, I don't even know how long it's been. Has it been? It hasn't been a year yet, right? Oh, it's pretty close, yeah. Pretty close, almost a year. Um, our our practice. I mean, number one, I, I don't think people know know our background. You know, we 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 met each other first day of chiropractic school, and you know, you pun fully intended have been a beacon of, of excellence for me. And I want to, one, thank you for that. But then two, commend you for this podcast. You know, it's 100% a huge deficiency in the communities today. And it's such a huge need. And so you filling that gap is really, really, really awesome. I really appreciate it, man. Thanks, buddy. Um, your mentorship toward me, you know, has led me down interesting paths uh, for my own practice in our community down here. And I'll tell you, like, you know, the level of clinical excellence that we always knew we had in, you know, in our practice has just kind of blossomed into the standard, right? It's become the standard of care in that we've started taking care of patients and our families and our communities at a much more thorough and much more comprehensive level. And, because of the results that we've been getting, uh, 
our practice is attracting more complicated cases. And so I think that kind of alludes to the conversation we're having in the pre-chat, but like at this stage, we're almost having a governor on how many new patients we actually want to attract. And it's because we don't want to sacrifice, you know, we don't want to sacrifice quality care, excellent care, you know, quality chiropractic care for numbers per se. Right. Right. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about this, this need, you know, for, for chiropractic care and the, the message that you're sharing with the community down in San Diego, because, you know, we know that San Diego is a fairly impacted environment. There's thousands of chiropractors in San Diego. Uh, some are, are well-trained in taking care of children. Others, others are well-trained in other things. Um, but I, you know, I just got off the off the podcast with uh, Claire O'Neill. You know, has been a chiropractor for many, many, many years, and you know, she's talking about how it's. It seems like, you know, there, there. You brought up the word deficiency, right? There, there is just a huge deficiency in tools uh, and resources for parents to help their kids just be healthy. Right. We assume that our kids are, are born and, and there's something wrong. Right. They're born into sterility. They're born into into medicine. They're born into, you know, the glass half empty type paradigm where, you know, these these kids, we, we just assume there's something wrong with them from the very beginning. Right. It's almost like it's axiomatic now. Right. We, with all the drug commercials on TV, direct to consumer advertising, um, one in four children of high school age is going to be on Ritalin. Um, it, it's we just got problems that we got to medicate them and we got to get them out. We're too busy. You know, we're too, you know, uh, just sort of indoctrinated and it's, it's such a crisis. San Diego, you know, you guys have a fairly affluent community. And so people, you know, they have more resources than say where I live, but I mean, I know your practice, man. I know you're seeing a lot of really sick kids. And the thing is like, the, the question really is why, right? We, you and I talked about this on the last episode. Right. You and I talked about, you know, and we talk about this all the time when we're not on the podcast, but it's like, why are these kids so stinking sick? Right. And furthermore, why are parents sort of being pushed into this sort of denial mindset where, you know, everything's going to be okay. Like, you know, he'll just grow out of it or, you know, he'll be fine. Like, it's just not the case, I don't think. Um, And this isn't meant to disparage or scare any parents, but it's we got to confront this. We got to confront this. And in our mission of creating this full stop trajectory change where we we make enough change and enough of an impact so that we can completely reverse the tide. Um, uh, we have to, we have to speak out. So yeah, I, I went down the rabbit hole there, but Stan, I'd love to hear your thoughts, you know, what you're seeing in San Diego and, and, and what you've, you've learned in the past couple of months. You know, Dan, 18 months ago, we renamed our practice to future generation center for healthy families. That's for the space that we have. And um, my practice underneath that umbrella is future generations clinic of chiropractic. And, you know, the title says it all, you know, we want to ensure that we're safeguarding, you know, how these next generations of our species populate the planet. Right. And a huge part of our mission is that the world they inherit is just inherently way better than the one that we inherited, right? The one that we are taking on these kids. Like I, I want to make sure we want to make sure that they inherit a way better world. Right. And that includes 100% their health and well-being, right? We're not okay with 43% of our kids today suffering from one chronic illness and 85% of adults, right? And when you, when parents go to a conventional medical practitioner, what they find is that it's kind of a weird 
we don't know what's going on. It's probably a genetic thing and sorry, it's kind of bad luck and good luck with it. You know, like you're just going to have to live with it. You're just going to medicate and you're kind of going to have to be on these until, well, there's really no end in sight. And that's not okay with us. And actually that's not okay with parents. Parents are not okay with that. They just don't have, even in San Diego, like when I talk to some of the parents who even have like an acumen for, you know, holistic care and things like that, a lot of times they're kind of still stuck in that paradigm, right? It's still that same mindset of, hey, we're made to fail, right? Well, I mean, and this is super important too. And I was thinking a lot about this because, you know, I've been studying a lot of Stevenson, you know, old school chiropractic philosophy and trying to equate, you know, Steven's concept of the the normal practical cycle um, with, you know, everything we know about modern neuroscience and how the nervous system, you know, affects uh, tangential systems in the body, including the immune system and the circulatory system and all that other stuff. You know, and, and I'm starting to realize that, you know, it, the human body has has a certain degree of uh, uh, adaptive potential, right? Um, I don't know if I'd say unlimited adaptive potential because, you know, we can't, you know, consider, we can't like stab ourselves, you know, over and over and over again <laughs> and adapt to that. I mean, we will adapt, but, you know, we'll, we'll eventually perish. Um, but essentially... I think what we're up against here is we have two different paradigms of, of dis-ease, right? And the traditional chiropractic concept, you know, dis-ease is, is based on the idea that subluxation or interference to the neuroaxis of the nervous system causes discoordination, which contributes to breakdown and inability of the body to adapt appropriately to its environment, right? Which is causes all this other stuff, right? That's why in chiropractic, you know, especially when we're taking care of kids, if we see neurological discoordination contributing to, or at least playing a role in things like ear infections, colic, asthma, you know, and even cognitive delays, um, we can correct some of those things and the, the children will start to flourish. But I think, I think the miscommunication and the, 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 the disconnect there is that uh, we have this sort of chronic uh, man-made illness, right? Chronic illness of industrialization or chronic illness of modernization. And then we have uh, other illnesses, uh, infectious illnesses and things that uh, our bodies have a little bit of a harder time adapting to. And I thought really long and hard about this when I was at the World Congress of Chiropractic Students Congress uh, or annual meeting a few weeks back because, you know, I spent a lot of time on the international stage. I spent time at WHO and the World Health Organization doesn't put an emphasis on anything that is not, um, for lack of a better word, contagious. Um, the, the top departments at WHO that we put more of an emphasis on are malaria, uh, tuberculosis, and, uh, and AIDS, HIV, right? Um, nowhere, uh, or really very, very rarely, do any of these international health organizations talk anything about things like back pain, for example, right? And even though, you know, as my, uh, you know, in my practice, back pain is not something that, you know, we routinely treat. It does account for 80% of all doctor's visits in North America. So let's think about this for a second. Um, back pain is the ultimate poor adaptation for resistance to gravity, right? Which we as human beings uh, have to do on a 24-7 basis, right? Uh, sitting, uh, bad posture, uh, carrying heavy equipment, all that stuff it is the ultimate, ultimate poor adaptation to gravity, right? And it causes all these other symptomatic effects. So not surprisingly, in North America, because we put such an emphasis on the human body being frail and not being able to adapt, we equate things like terrible infectious disease, malaria, tuberculosis, which barely ever shows up in the United States, with something like back pain. And we can see it reflected in the language that the doctors use. Oh, well, your arthritis is totally normal for your age, 
right? Or, you know, your family seems to have arthritis that runs uh, in that genetic line. So you're going to have arthritis, right? Uh, or, you know, your dad had sciatica or your dad had diabetes. So you're probably going to have sciatica and diabetes. Like if I had a, if I had a dollar for every time a patient came into my office and told me that they have this problem because it runs in their family, I mean, that's it. So I think that's where we are, man. And I, I really, it's something that I think we really need to discuss when we're talking about full stop trajectory change, because this kind of language is disempowering, right? We bring our kids in, we assume that the doctor is just going to give us pills, make our kids feel better, and then they'll be fine. When in reality, that's just putting gasoline on an open flame and it's fulfilling this constant just reaffirmation of disease and discoordination and illness. Um, I'm not sure if that's kind of what you were thinking of, but it's just like it just popped in my mind in a second of perfect clarity. And I think that's why healthcare consumers are so messed up in the head. Yeah. You know, it's 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 kind of interesting because you we were actually out at the WHO. Um, I, I think it was one of the years that you were out there and I think it was either 2010 or 2011. It was right? 2000, and, 2009 I, or no, no, no. It was May of 2010. You're right. Yeah. And, and the second year that we had gone, um, there was a global like kind of strategy on what they call non-communicable diseases right? right and so i got to sit in on a lot of the the breakout sessions which was crazy to me because of course all they were talking about was drug delivery quality of drugs etc cetera, etc cetera, right how do you how do you still put more you know you you call it gas on the fire yeah. uh i also call it you know tape over the gaslight, right? Yeah. And the, the long and short of it is that type of kind of philosophy, that type of approach is the exact reason why we have the statistics we do, right? Right. Well, These I are mean, 100% environmental, they're 100%. How are we not 100% environmental? And then at the same time, how are we as a system, as an ecosystem of cells and systems adapting to the environment? I think that's the equation that chiropractic brings. Right. Yeah. And I think you talked about it in our first podcast, right? You're calling it a a centropic approach, right? It it allows for us to assume that there are certain systems, fundamental baseline systems in our children uh, and our adults that are immutable, right? They, They are constantly at work. Right. And, and this is this is the concept of innate intelligence and in traditional chiropractic philosophy. The body is not built so poorly that it falls apart um, in the presence of any uh, what we call uh, penetrating forces or damaging universal forces. Right. We adapt at all times, even when we're on our deathbeds. We are adapting the best we can until we can't adapt anymore. Right. But we we don't take that seriously in traditional healthcare. Um and that's 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 proof positive, right? With we look at the way that the healthcare economy is actually playing out right now. I mean, our, our healthcare economy is bankrupt, and it's because we use Western medicine, we use medications, we use intervention, we use surgeries to fix disasters that could have easily have been prevented. Right? I, I'm frequently seeing people who are insulin resistant, and you know as well as I do that insulin resistance is probably the number one cause of chronic disease across generations. Um, you know, behind things like subluxation and neurological uh, degeneration, um, and it's 100% man-made. Right? Of course. If I get a patient that comes to the door and they can't understand why they're insulin resistant, but they won't stop, for example, drinking sodas, uh, that's the cause. Right. Well, if we look at if we look at nature, we have a it, almost an infinite capacity to deal with scarcity of sugar, right, hmm. or of food, or of that type of thing, right. We have no genetic adaptability 
to excess of sugar, none, right? And so that's why insulin resistance is 100% at the root of all chronicity in terms of physiological perspective from a chiropractic perspective. Obviously, subluxation and, you know, interference in the neuraxis is, you know, from our perspective. The one thing, you know, if we look backwards, Dan, you know, the numbers tell tell it all, right? In San Diego, we have a, we still have a third, right? A third of our babies born C-section, right? Mm-hmm. Take it back even further. You know, I was, I was just looking at statistics the other day because we're looking at, you know, how do we bolster preconception care in our practice? And it's between one in six and one in eight couples, right? That can't conceive right now that have difficulty conceiving. What's interesting, you know, if we're looking at like social justice and things like that, we blame it all 100% on women where we look at the data and it's a third, a third, a third, right? A third mama, a third daddy, and a third, maybe a combination of both, right? And so when we, I, I don't remember who told me this, who taught me this, but they said the first sign of a dying species is infertility, is the inability to procreate. Right. And what our practice, you know, is committed to, and it doesn't really sound very flashy, but it's normalizing normal. Hmm. Right. I'm sick and tired of the common, you know, the common being called normal, the abnormal being called normal. Right. Right. And it's if you take a group of moms and every mom that comes in my practice and I ask the question, I said, you know, it's just a it's just a kind of an offhand question that just says, you know, how, how are your, how are your friends births? You know, and, and there's a deep seated fear of birth, right? There's a deep seated fear because it's so traumatic and, and the outcomes are so bad and it's not their fault at all. It's right. a philosophical problem. And then it's like literally a system that just supports that error in belief system about yeah, birth it re- right? reinforces it right and it's it's like what were we talking about before this this idea that um that that fear being the driver in healthcare decisions you know it's it's a huge uh, you know contributor if not the cause of of most of the problems that we see um because i, I was talking again to claire about this on our last podcast i can't wait for that episode to come out um, and for folks who are listening and will all already have come out probably the week prior um but fear drives our healthcare decisions because we're coming from really a place of lack, right? A place of misunderstanding with, with inappropriate uh, philosophical uh, ideas uh, that guide our healthcare decisions, right? Uh, birth trauma is uh, probably the most common cause. Um, uh, not probably, it is the most common cause of subluxation, vertebral subluxation that we see in our offices. Um, those subluxation patterns cause lifelong debilitating effects in our children. Um, Stan and I were talking in our pre-chat about a case I'm seeing right now with a kid who was born by C-section. Um, and it was a frank breach. Nobody in this area is prepared or willing or able to deliver a frank breach baby vaginally. And so it's an automatic C-section. But this kid had a ton of trauma that went undiagnosed and unappreciated. As a matter of fact, there were signs and symptoms that have been popping up for the past uh, almost 13 months. And his doctors are just, well, he'll grow out of it. He'll be okay. Um, this is, this is a weekly occurrence in my office now. And I know for a fact, it's a weekly occurrence occurrence in Stan's office, which is why we sound so angry about the situation because we're fed up with it, right? We're fed up. And as long as we have doctors and, you know, clinicians, healthcare providers who are knowledgeable about this stuff, we can really start making the change, but we can't do it by ourselves. Um, 
the birthing process, uh, as as we we both know, you know, obviously we're good friends with Lindsay Matthews, who I, I have to get on the podcast here soon. You know, she talks all the time about how you know fear is is it's the mind killer, man. It's the mind killer in in pregnancy and birth. And I used to kind of shrug that off. I used to kind of be like, yeah, whatever, you know, it's a self esteem issue. But I, I was so wrong, and I see it so much more frequently right now. So I guess the question now is like, well, what do we do? to create that sense of empowerment, to, to, to remove those barriers of fear for our moms and for our children um, so that they can start getting on with the rest of their lives and actually being healthy. What do you think? You know, what you just said made me think of a case that recently came into my office, a 15-year-old girl. I mean, one of the most, like, beautiful people. Like, you could just tell at her, at the depths of her soul, she's an incredible human being, right? She, in the last two years, grows you know, every month like 14-millimeter cysts in her right ovary, right? And conventional medicine basically just says, you know, they kind of put their hands up and say, wow, that's really bad. You know, how about steroids? How about, you know, something just to bring down inflammation or something like that, right? And first thing that I told her, I was just like, do you realize you have a connection with a cycle that I will never know, you know, cause I'm, I'm the doctor, right? She's coming to me for help. Right. Mm. And one of the first belief systems that I find in a lot of the teen, especially the teen girls that I see in the practice, you know, like they, there's this perception that their that puberty and that their cycle mm. is basically just a, an inconvenience. Right. And what it is, is actually a sign of the keys to the kingdom, right? We don't procreate. We have no species unless there is that cycle, right? And one of the things that I talked to um, this young young girl about was that if you've made it to my office, you better damn well believe that you have the potential to heal, right? Mm-hmm. If you can communicate with a certain level of passion and you have that much energy and, 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 and focus and power built up in telling me about this condition that you have, um, you better believe that that because of our belief system, our belief system is that we are, you know, that normal is brilliant, right? Yeah. Normal is beautiful. Normal is self healing. Right. That if you make it to my office and this goes all the way across the board, whether it's couples trying to conceive pregnancy, you know, say a breach, breach presentation, say it's birth trauma, right? Say it's the kid on Ritalin ADHD or, you know, the kid that's been on, albuterol since he's six months old and he comes it comes to me like super just gray and ashy because he's got no oxygen uptake to you know this girl you know 15 years old like if you've made it here mm. holy cow like you have the ability to heal yeah you know yeah i mean in that that affirmation Stan is is really the first step, you know. I, I think we talk a lot about this too, you know, because we we do a lot of consulting, you and I. But the 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 communication piece uh, is is almost in a lot of ways more important than the care, right? I think the next the next step, Dan, is is is, is yeah, you you establish the communication, you, know, you establish the rapport, and then you take a case history that is thorough enough to understand the environmental exposures that this patient has had. And once you understand the environmental exposures, you measure the ability to adapt. Right. You, you do an exam 
that is thorough enough, that is functional enough, that tells you how is this system seeing the environment? How is the system seeing itself? And, and you get metrics and you understand objectively why the presentation of health is the way it is, right? Well, it's yeah, I mean, and you're, you as the doctor, you as the chiropractor, really what you're doing is you're measuring, you know, how well or how much better uh, your patients are adapting to their, their environments, right? And, and that's ultimately what I tell my patients all the time, right? Like the thing about chiropractic care that people don't really understand is that it's not about making you, you feel better so much. I mean, you get a you get a big endorphin release when you have an adjustment, especially with the big audible, a high velocity adjustment. And that's what makes you euphoric and feel good after an adjustment. But that's not the point, right? The point is, and, and we have some amazing, amazing research now that has really kind of shown this, is, is that we create better body awareness. We get better sensory feedback when the neuraxis is actually communicating efficiently. Right, that's the normal. That's the hundred percent conductivity that all chiropractors who practice like we do are, are looking for, and that also means that with better body awareness, when you're on, you feel great, right? But when you're off, you know it quicker, right? And that's the problem, right? Because a lot of the time we assume feeling off as being a problem. No, no, no. When you're off, it's your body sending you a signal saying, "Hey, you're off. You should do something about this so we can right the ship until it uh, before it becomes a crisis." Right, that that self awareness is so 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 important, and because we're so busy, uh, because we're we're so stressed out all the time, we're just conditioned, right? We're brainwashed in a Pavlovian way to reach for something to dampen that awareness, so we don't have to deal with it, right? Yeah. I mean, adrenal fatigue, insulin resistance, sex hormone binding, globulin dysregulation, like all these things that are so endemic to uh, well, let's just call it North American chronic disease, right? It, it's these are all one hundred percent correlated to lack of awareness, right? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think I heard Kelly Brogan speak a couple years ago at the ICPA um, Freedom for Family Wellness Summit, and one of the things that she says she teaches her patients uh, almost as a primary is instead of thinking symptom fear, right? What's mm-hmm. the problem? It's symptom curiosity. Where's it coming from? Yeah, right? yeah. It's a huge, huge, huge step in the right direction. Right, right? and the question the question has to be why. Right. I, I find myself, you know, constantly in my office and my patients will laugh if they're listening. And I'm sure other chiropractic patients will laugh as well. You know, but patients will come in and say, hey, you know what? Uh, I, I've been feeling really sick. Um, I got a runny nose. I got a fever. I got a headache. And my initial response is awesome. That's great. Yep. I'm, I'm more I'm more concerned with patient, patients who are sick for weeks and months at a time, but don't express symptoms or have symptom dysregulation issues because it tells me that their bodies are not efficiently uh, right. adapting to their, their environments. But that goes against everything that we know. It goes against everything that we talk about because, again, like, you know, most common medications that you can get over the counter are what? Advil and Tylenol, right? Like, oh, I got a headache. Uh, okay, well, who cares why the headache is occurring? Let's just pop a pill so I can get through the rest of the day. Um, you know, my other favorites are, you know, for like Prevacid and other antacids, you know, like uh, I can't eat pizzas and hot dogs and like other terrible food uh, because I get terrible heartburn. Uh, so what do we do instead of cutting out the terrible food that's probably poisoning and killing you slowly? Uh, you take a pill and you block that symptom, you block that awareness so that your body can, uh, so that you can continue to continue to poison yourself, right? Yeah, you know, you know, when it comes down to it, Dan, it's like you, after you get through those two aspects of a patient encounter, right, where... You understand their environmental exposures. You understand their case history. You understand actually their epigenetics, right? And then you measure their adaptability, 
you know, you measure their state of adaptability, whether it's structurally, like you're saying, how are we dealing with gravity, or you actually use functional measurements where you're actually seeing how the nervous system is performing. I think at this point, it becomes super simple. It's like, okay, my job, my job is helping your system adapt better, helping your nervous system see the environment clearly and adapt appropriately, right? That's my job. Your job as a patient, build a better environment. That's it. Make better choices. And that could be, like you said, full stop, 180 degree shift. Some patients are ready for that. Cold turkey, 100%. Let's go way in the other direction. Some patients, it's a degree. Mm. And it's a degree of change because at the end of my first visit or maybe the second visit, you know, after we go through all of the results, all I really want to express to my patient is, hey, you're 15 years old. The last two years have been basically hell for you, right? How about at the end of this next year, we look back and we say, holy cow, what a better year. Does that mean she never grows cysts again? Does that mean that she, you know, like never has pain again? Does that mean that she's completely symptom free? Does that mean et cetera, et cetera? No, it means that she's healthy, right? And if the, the degrees of health change, you know, even one degree in a year, she's going to be a completely different person because she's been going in the same direction for 15 years, right? Does that make sense, Dan? Yeah, I mean, and that doesn't even preclude, uh, you know, chronic uh, um, chronic disease of a, of a non, um, uh, non-musculoskeletal nature, neurological nature, right? If we have, we have certain diseases, I mean... It's all it. Right. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, obviously, like, I, I take care of a ton of really sick kids. And, and some of the kids that I take care of, like, they need medicine, no doubt. I mean, I, I've taken care of more cancer kids than I, I care to remember um, because it sucks, right? I, I have one kiddo right now who is, um, she's fighting uh, uh, leukemia. Um, and she, you know, aside from being the most amazing kiddo, right? Like, me and her mom, you know, when we first got together, uh, you know, she shared an app with me that has a countdown until she's done with chemo, you know, and her priority, her prerogative is to do chemotherapy with her kiddo. And I know a lot of people in the chiropractic world would disagree and that's up to them, but this is the right decision for her and her mom. Guess what? She still gets checked by the chiropractor and she has other allied healthcare providers who are more vitalistic and holistic on her team to help her through that process because regardless of what medications you're taking, regardless of what you've done in your past with regards to food and all this other stuff, Every single kid will benefit from a clearer nervous system, right? A clearer channel from the computer, the brain, down to the body and back up. It's it's just one of those things where, like, it's not either or, right? It's not one or the other. These are two disparate yet complementary philosophies, I think, that can work together as long as they're used appropriately. You know, I, I, I've been in chiropractor's offices in the past where, um, you know, a patient will come in and say, you know, I really got a headache, you know. Um, can you crack my neck and make me feel better? And obviously, you know, I, I hate that nomenclature. No, nobody in my, my practice gets cracked. Um, but in the past, these chiropractors will say, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Adjust the patient. Patient still has a headache. Go home, take some Advil. When your neck hurts again, come back in and see me. Like, how incongruent is this? It's a fundamental misunderstanding of what the philosophy of healing actually is, right? And if we do not start from the premise that the body is built perfectly, that we have within us the subtle substance, right, that that sort of innate biological directive to be healthy, all else is lost, right? We're just on a ticking time bomb. It's an existential crisis of health and disease, uh, fatigue and death, right? 
Um, so it's uh, it's just it's one of those things. It's like it's so it's so stinking hard to take a, a population that is brainwashed into believing that things are just going to go wrong, right? And helping and them it, see the light. You know, kind of like what you're saying about you know about your patient with leukemia, right? Like a lot of chiropractors would refer out, right? It's not my case, right? But lifestyle, I don't know where I learned this also. I think it was, um, I think it was at, I think it was maybe at a nutrition conference, but they're just like, if you're looking at lifestyle, right? If you're looking at lifestyle choices and choosing a medical doctor or a pediatrician is a lifestyle choice, right? But lifestyle and chiropractic care really regardless of what condition and regardless of what therapy quote unquote drug surgery whatever that you choose always helps your body do better regardless regardless of the condition regardless of the intervention right i have a patient who is you know who is a breast cancer patient you know i saw her through two pregnancies and the long and short of it she's like yeah like I want to make sure that my nervous system is healthiest. You know, as I go through, she did five rounds of chemo and she was like, I don't think I ever want to do that again. You know, she went down to Mexico for one of the alternative therapies and she came back and she's like, you know what? She's like, I really have to commend you. And I was like really, really humbled in, in receiving this level of communication. But she's like, everything that they've been teaching me on an emotional level down there and all the different aspects and the therapies that they've been giving me, you know, she's like, from the very start, I know you've been teaching me exactly the same things, but from your end, you honored my position, right? It's a patient's choice to choose one path or another path or a combination of both paths, yeah. right? And and the thing about it at this stage, the reason why we're so passionate and we're so inspired on a daily basis is because sometimes we're all they got. Sometimes we're the only voice, you know, we're the only voice of balance and the only voice of like, you know, the real rationality behind whole person health, right? And understanding that one, you know, the self-healing capacity is the primary thing that we always try to inspire in the body way more than anything else. And so the long and short of it is, yeah, dude, I totally, like, I totally hear what you're saying. You know, in a a lot of ways, Stan, and I, I, I know I've probably skirted the issue or I've talked about it in in uncertain terms in the past, but, you know, I, I think something just came into into total focus for me just now and it, it it's really that you know in a chiropractor's office you know the adjustment honestly is is unimportant right it's it's <laughs> it's but you know it's so funny man because you talk to chiropractors and they have these huge egos about like their technique or their approach or all this blah 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 blah, blah. like i'm gonna have put my flair my you know, my spice on my adjustment, you know, BJ Palmer used to talk about that, you know, something extra when it goes into correcting vertebral subluxation as if it's just this Cartesian mechanical movement, right? And I I know that's not what BJ, you know, came to believe, I think in his later years, but still, you know, the, the adjustment itself is a cure for all dis-ease. It's so incongruent, I think, with the concepts that you and I have been discussing with regards to like millennials and how parents, you know, you know, communicate with their kids and, you know, how families and, and intergenerational groups work together. Um, really, really what you're describing, Sam, which I think is profound, is is self-awareness, right? And, you know, Maslow talked about self-actualization. You know, we've, we've had Carl Jung and, and Freud, uh, amongst others, you know, contemporaries talk about, you know, awareness and and 
I think it's I think it's interesting to see right now at this time in our history that people are starting to wake up and that question of why is becoming much more important than the how, right? Uh, chiropractic care, yeah. An adjustment is our biggest tool. Clearing the nervous system is a big tool, but if the parents don't understand the why, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, right? And so if a parent comes into my office, really, um, the most important thing that I can give them is that why. It's that understanding of why is there something wrong? Because once you understand that, then you can start to figure out the how. You can figure out the what, you can figure out all that stuff, and you start to work backwards so you can heal from within, which is what we're trying to do, right? That's what we're trying to create. But until patients understand why their body isn't working the way that they're supposed to, they're just going to continue to do the same things they've been doing, right? And that brings us to, again, this common theme, right, which is full stop trajectory change. We have to change the way people think about how their bodies work first before we can employ the cure. Yeah. One of the other one of the other contemporaries that um, it's funny that we bring up our, our, our trip to the WHO, but I read uh, Man's Search for Meaning on a train to burn. Right? <laughs> and you know, it's so Victor funny, Frankel, that, that I think book, is, Stan, it's like it's all over the place right now. Like everybody that I'm listening to, everybody I'm hearing, they're talking about Victor Frankel. And I remember reading that book when I was in high school. And then you and I, when we were in Geneva, I remember this because you were reading through it at the time. I yeah. hadn't read it in almost probably 10 years, but it's so, I mean, it's it's one of the best books that's ever been written. This is, this is the what I love about him and, and one of the quotes that I think is one of the most important is actually, I think it's quoted in uh, Stephen Covey's uh, Seven Habits for Highly Effective People, right? And, and it, the quote by Viktor Frankl is, between stimulus and response, there's always choice, right? And, and I think, you know, the, the metaphor for chiropractic in terms of the stimuli of nerves and whatnot, right? Right. The thing that we have unique as a species that puts us in a role to safeguard not only the future generations of our species, but the future generations of every species on the planet Mm. is that we uniquely have that, right? We have between that stimulus and response, that level of choice, right? And parents more than anything, if you are programmed for failure, the reason why prevention does not exist and the reason why prevention does not work in conventional medicine is because if your belief system is you are destined for failure mm. and you're programmed for illness, there's no point. Yeah. There's no hope. Yeah. There's no choice. And for us, that's the full stop that we have to provide is that not only is there choice, there's not just possibility and probability. It's a given that your body will heal. Right. And the real travesty about having that mindset, and it's a curse as much as it's a blessing, uh, Stan, is is that, uh, number one, it will not be convenient and will not be cheap. Right? <laughs> exactly. It will not be convenient and it will not be cheap. And I got to tell you guys, like it, this is a common refrain in my office. It is so freaking hard to be healthy in our culture. It takes extra time. It takes extra energy. It takes stress. It takes extra money. We have to buy clean food. You have to have a practitioner that typically doesn't take insurance. You have to have mentors and coaches and, and resources. And it's, and that's, and that's, why that's why it's so stinking difficult right i mean in california you and i know know this well right i mean we we have sencal we have medical you know we have we have this system of healthcare that it, it standardizes and mechanizes healthcare for the most 
indigent people, right? The, the, the poorest, the most unhealthy people in our state who need this proactive centropic care the most, right? And so when you're locked into the cycle of poverty, you're locked into this, this sort of like self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, it, it just becomes about being broken all the time. And it brings us full circle to things like birth, right? Because we know that we have areas, pockets where there's more utilization of Medi-Cal. We have higher C-section rates because, you know, you get hospital stay, right? You, you get all these resources that you wouldn't normally get, right? And you get, you know, all the formula and all the things that you need, the diapers for, for baby. Like, it's like, God forbid you wanted to have like a home birth or a midwife assisted birth that was congruent with your value set. God forbid, like you wanted to let baby, you know, do a nipple crawl and, and latch organically, you know, God forbid you wanted to use all the resources at your disposal to be able to, to have, to, to breastfeed the kid exclusively for an entire year. Like that takes time. It takes, it takes you away from work. It takes you away from your family, right? Like, I mean, we were even talking about this with Shireen and Libby and Patrick a few episodes ago, right? Like, Libby was talking about how, you know, they spent, you know, on the order of like six figures, right? Just so they could eventually end up finding Shireen to be yeah. a surrogate for their baby, right? Yeah. And there was, there was a ton of shame and there was a ton of, you know, anger and resentment that went into the whole process, right? And it's, it, what what if... What if, you know, and I'm not saying that Libby and Patrick did anything wrong. God knows they did everything that they were supposed to do to end up where they ended up. But it's just like, what if we put an emphasis in our healthcare economy on avoiding all of this like drastic care? Like what a radical, what, what a radical concept, right? Dr. Claire was talking about how, you know, we need to start working more closely with government agencies to include access to chiropractic care in some of our state-sponsored insurance. And I'm thinking like, you know, originally that's a terrible idea because it cheapens chiropractic. It standardizes something that can't necessarily be standardized, but it creates access. And that access and understanding is the first step, right? It's a first step to self-determination, right? Self-actualization, self-awareness, right? Now we're getting into some like weird Eastern philosophic stuff, but it's like, it's so true. It's so true. But I think that's the other aspect. It's, it, you know, on, on top of that, I think what's really important is access to a vitalistic type of chiropractic care, right? right? Yes. One that is focused on this philosophy that we're talking about. If it's if it's access for uh, mechanical low back pain, it's like, uh, maybe that's not the best thing to be lobbying for at this time, right? Totally. Well, I mean, in my office, obviously, if somebody comes in and they just want a quick crack, like, that's, there's no way. No, I mean, it's, again, I talk about it almost every single episode, but I think this analogy has to be repeated right going to the chiropractor for a back adjustment for back pain is like going to the gas station for coffee right it entirely misses the point right and in a lot of ways i'll tell my patients listen it it's entirely a waste of your money right to go to a chiropractor just for that that crack now to be fair you know if you go to the chiropractor right and your copay is like 15 bucks or whatever you know that's that's no investment and so win or lose it doesn't really matter you're not out any money you know if it doesn't work big freaking whoop right but that's because you know in a lot of cases we brainwashed our healthcare consumers to assume the worst right? We've, we've brainwashed our healthcare consumers to have low expectations when it comes to healthcare, right? Which is why, you know, when they come to an office like yours or mine or, you know, you know hundreds of the chiropractors that, you know, I know subscribe to the podcast who are sharing this with their patients, right? They, and they start getting miraculous results, not just for them, but to their kids. They're like, whoa, why didn't somebody tell me this sooner? Why didn't somebody have this conversation with me before? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's because it's not cheap or convenient to have a conversation about self-determination in a healthcare office, right? Um, you know, I'd like to add one C, right? It's yeah. not cheap and it's not convenient, but 
I'd say the number one factor to success in my practice at this stage is patient commitment. Right. Right. Well, it's not just commitment to care, it's commitment to themselves. It's commitment to the understanding that there is a way to yes. to build that solid fertile foundation of health, but um it's not instantaneous, right? It's it takes an entire paradigm shift in the mindset of the individual patients and the families to realize that we are, <laughs> I mean, we're we're beings of light, man. We are we have infinite potential when it comes to being able to change the trajectories of our own um, our own destinies, right? That's so important, right? It's it, it makes huge changes. Like positivity, it's so funny. Like the power of positive thinking, like it's such a big deal. And I never used to think of it that way. But like if a patient comes in and says, and they, they're totally disempowered and they're not interested in making the changes themselves, like they're not a good fit for my practice. I can educate them. I can guide them. I can help them. But they have to have that self-awareness moment, um, that uh, that instantaneous paradigm shift on their own. Um you know, and they, they need to be coached and be around other people who can help them through that process. And you and I are two of those people. I know plenty of other chiropractors who can help them go through that. So, um, hey, Stan, um, <laughs> uh, another amazing, amazing episode that could go on for another three days, man. Uh, I, I think, you know, you and I are going to be together a lot in the, in the coming months, man. I think I'm just going to carry a microphone around and uh, I'm just going to start recording things and uh, we'll snip them all together into other podcast episodes because there's just too many amazing, amazing ideas uh, and concepts, I think, that we need to talk about in depth. So, uh, see, the next time I'm going to see you is going to be in Dallas and uh, this podcast is being recorded, um, you know, before that, but uh, we'll have already gotten together by the time it's launched. So, look out for that microphone. I'll bring a lapel mic. You can just drop your uh, <laughs> drop your thoughts uh, on our way out to Lindsay Matthews BirthFit uh, Professional Seminar. Um, just for a reminder, dude, will you uh, will you let everybody know how to get a hold of you? Yeah, um, I, guess, I guess I gave them our new website. It, it will be live soon. Pacha's really mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> but our, our website is futuregenerationssd.com. And if they would like to get a hold of me personally, it's Dr. Stan at thefuturegen.com. If you guys are in San Diego, uh, you guys are anywhere in California. I mean, you owe it to yourself to look Dr. Stan up. Um, he's, he's an innovator. Uh, he tends to be a little bit more soft-spoken in our profession because he... You know, he's focused on taking care of people first. And, and that's so, so, so important. Um, there, there aren't too many built like him. Uh, so, you know, you have no excuse not to communicate with him, especially if you're an SD. Uh, if you're not under chiropractic care, by all means, go out and, and reach out to him. And um, I wish I was a little bit closer so I can get checked a little bit more often. But uh, you know how that goes. So if you guys are listening to this content and uh, we know you like it, by all means, please subscribe share on Facebook, share on Twitter, share on Instagram. Use that hashtag, normalize chiropractic. Uh, you know what? Let's change the hashtag for this episode. Uh, normalize normal. And um, <laughs> let's get the word out, guys. This is this is life-saving information, and, and uh, we're going to change more than a few lives of this content. So thank you guys all, and I will see you next week.